0: Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for February 5th, 2024, the 36th day of the year, the first of four Mondays this month, and it's National Weather Persons Day created in the 1960s to honor those in the field of meteorology and weather forecasting, as well as all the volunteer storm chasers and weather observers all over the country. The day actually commemorates the birth of Dr. John Jeffries, February 5th, 1745 considered one of america's first weather observers and many are observing the weather in southern california today which is getting hammered with torrential rain and high wind creating flood conditions and mudslides so if you're in that part of the country our thoughts are with you be safe And on the food calendar, today is World Nutella Day, which also debuted in the mid-1960s from the Ferraro Family Bakery in Alba, Italy, a town that was first known for its production of hazelnuts, which, in case you don't know, is used to make Nutella. I hope you had a terrific and safe weekend doing whatever it is you love to do. Topping the news this Monday after three separate rounds of U.S. retaliatory airstrikes on Iran-backed targets over the weekend. A new drone attack on a Syrian military base housing U.S. troops late last night killed at least six Kurdish fighters. No Americans were injured, and the Senate releases a $118 billion border and aid package that the House says is dead on our arrival. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, Newsmax host Lydia Serrani recaps the weekend's military activities.
1: Older men declare war, but it is the youth that must fight and die. Those famous words by President Herbert Hoover, now more salient than ever. On Friday, just two hours after the bodies of three fallen American soldiers returned home, American forces hit over 85 targets at seven sites in Syria and Iraq against Iranian-backed terror groups. Then yesterday, the United States and United Kingdom forces uh, completed a second wave of airstrikes, hitting 36 targets in at least 13 locations across western Yemen. The multi-tier attack is now in full swing. As for the fallen soldiers, Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, Specialist Kennedy Landon and Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffat, all of them from Georgia, killed in the dead of night while sleeping. Over 40 troops were also injured that fateful day. One week ago today, we were on the air in a drone strike by, again, Iranian-backed forces. That attack, just one of many since the war in Israel began with Hamas on October 7th, that massacre. To date, Iranian-directed troops have, have attacked Americans approximately 170 times. 170 attacks on U.S. military bases. And what did the Biden administration focus on instead? Their woke crusade to remain in power, touting a cause that hits at the gut of every low information voter out there. The president has always, always put uh, equity at the center of every policy he's put forward, every legislation that he's put forward, because we understand that many communities uh, have been left behind, have been left behind. You know, that was just the other day. At this point, it feels like an SNL skit. They're so clueless. You and I know those soldiers' deaths could have been prevented. Joe Biden, he had it 170 times to fire back at the Iranian-backed terrorists. He could have sent a message that their families would have been talking about for generations. Instead, our fearful leader was posting on X about Elmo. Yeah. Elmo. Here's a post regarding Sesame Street's Elmo in sunnier days. The leader of the free world as a World War Three is about to break out. He's posting on social media about Elmo. Is there any wonder our adversaries uh, know that we are weak?
2: Yes. yes. I do hold respons- them in a responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. So
1: we'll have that discussion. Always vague and a day late and a dollar short. Why, 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 why wait almost a week to hit back? To give the terrorists time to scurry and hide like the rats that they are.
0: If you watched any of the weekend shows on any network, you know there's a lot of comparisons between Biden's military response and former President Donald Trump's military response.
1: Back in January 2020, President Trump wasted no time killing top terrorist General Soleimani.
0: Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel, but we caught him in the act and terminated him. Under my leadership, America's policy is unambiguous to terrorists who harm or intend to harm any American. We will find you. We will eliminate you. We will always protect our diplomats, service members, all Americans, and our allies.
1: With those, those two statements, you see quite a difference there. I mean, all of this current chaos started with Biden's disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal. Joe Biden's purely political play ended with the death of 13 troops and $7 billion, billion worth of United States military equipment left in the hands of the Taliban, another terrorist group. The Taliban then recaptured Kabul in just 10 days. Putin then invaded Ukraine. Hamas attacked Israel. Yet when Trump swiftly took out Soleimani. Joe Biden, he calls it a mistake.
2: He was the mastermind, but he was not the whole of the regime or of its capacity to strike back. So the question is, was the reward of removing a bad actor worth the risk of what comes next? We don't have evidence to suggest that Trump or anyone around him thought seriously about that calculus. It's been reported that the Pentagon, which has long warned against taking a shot like this, was shocked that Trump would take such a risk.
1: You know, the only risk we're facing now is Joe Biden. The whole world is facing a huge risk with him at the helm. Iranian-backed militias have the audacity, the gall to kill our troops again as they sleep. Those who hate us, are, they're now so emboldened, so without fear of this current administration that they attacked the United States over 170 times with impunity. And now Joe Biden wants us all to believe that these retaliatory attacks show what a strong leader he is.
0: That's Newsmax host Lydia Cer- on Sunday agenda. Let's go to retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer on Saturday Report with host Rita Cosby.
3: Colonel Schaefer, what's your reaction to these strikes? Do you think they were effective or not enough?
2: This wasn't proportional. Uh, We just went through, Ben helped list out some of the the numbers of attacks. So uh, a handful of bombs in 30 minutes against a handful of targets that we told we're going to hit. That's not proportional, that's a that's a joke. And so we'll see what happens. But you've already reported this morning that the Houthi are back in business, not being reported is the fact that Houthi are a transnational threat. They've now moved into Ethiopia and now effectively control the Red Sea. Rita, I don't know how anybody the Pentagon thinks that allowing uh, terrorists who run around in the back of Toyota four x fours to have uh, influence and control over 25% of the world shipping. And next thing real quick on the targeting list. Uh, Sabrina Singh, the Pentagon spokesman said last week that we know quote unquote, the hand of the Iranians are behind all the attacks and yet not the Iranian hand has not been cut off. They had a few sites that we think were command and control centers and intelligence centers, but not a single member that I can tell of the IRGC was actually hit. Victoria's gonna probably talk about the fact that she and Trump, President Trump planned out the hit on Soleimani because it was something necessary to rapidly respond. They anticipated this, Rita. I don't want to take away Victoria's thunder here, but I can tell you what Trump did with Victoria and others was effective. I'm, I'm skeptical this is going to be effective.
3: Well, and exactly to your point, Tony, I mean, we saw after that hit on Soleimani, uh, things were calm for a while. They clearly exactly. got the message. Victoria, you were right there in the throes of all that major decision making. And we're so honored to have you here today, especially in light of that Your reaction to what we have seen in the last 24 hours.
4: Yeah, Rita, good to be with you. I think that uh, what's really extraordinary to me about this is the degree to which the president and the administration are telegraphing exactly what they're going to do. It's it's the same thing that they did at the beginning of January when they said they had a duty to warn the Iranians about an ISIS terrorist attack that was going to take place actually on the anniversary of the Soleimani strike that uh, Tony described. So I think that's just bizarre. And then to have Senator Cardin, who's a very trusted administration mouthpiece, he's in a way a a shadow secretary of state, uh, come out and say, it's going to be two months, people. So the Iranians know if they just hang on for two months, they're going to be just fine.
3: Yeah, that's a great point, Victoria, because telegraphing saying it's going to be two months, also saying they're not going to Iran. How much of a mistake is that as well? Because- you went again right to Soleimani, which was a very bold move, but it clearly got the message to the mullahs. In this case, we're saying we're only going to go to these proxy groups. We're not going to the head of the snake, Victoria.
4: Right. And I think what the clearest message we need to be sending to the Iranians right now is like the Soleimani strike that we can reach out and touch them wherever they are, no matter how secure they think they are. The Israelis are also extremely good at this. And and demonstrate extraordinary capabilities that they don't have. That's what's going to make them back down. If we continue with these kind of uh, pinpoint, very calibrated, uh, non, to a large extent, non-lethal strikes on non-critical infrastructure in Iraq and Syria, the Iranians will just be emboldened.
0: Former Deputy National Security Advisor to the Trump administration, Victoria Coates, on Saturday report with Rita Cosby. Marine veteran Greg Kelly, host of Greg Kelly Report, spoke with Army vet and Arizona congressional candidate Abe Hamaday, who recently served
5: in the Middle East. Abe, first to you, uh, what do you think of what happened tonight? Well, Greg, I think we have to look at how did we get here? so many people want to say that this started after October 7th, but I was actually serving in Saudi Arabia in the Middle East under both President Trump and Biden. And what Biden did the moment he took office, he decided to delist the Houthis as a terrorist organization after Trump listed them as a terrorist organization. He decided to appease Iran, but he also put pressure on Saudi Arabia to stop their aerial campaign against the Houthis. So look at what's happening now. It seems that this administration is just, has lost complete deterrence in the region. They have alienated our allies, emboldened our enemies, and put Americans in harm's way. And you know, I, have, I have some friends who are serving in the region right now. I would not be confident under this leadership for us to be going into war. So right now you have Antony Blinken failing diplomatically, you have Lloyd Austin who went missing you know, at the hospitalization for days on end. So I'm very concerned on who's actually running this show. And uh, you look at what's happening, you know, with our forces in Jordans, Syria, Iraq. There's so many American forces all across all across the Middle East. And Iran has has shown that they have capabilities of striking many of our assets. So it's very scary. Our soldiers and our troops all over the region need to be really aware because Iran, I don't think this is going to deter Iran from striking back. I don't think this was quite enough. When you talked about Soleimani, when President Trump took out Qasem Soleimani, who landed at the Baghdad airport after he was plotting an attack on our American embassy, that really created deterrence. Iran did strike back after that assassination. If you remember, they... They struck Erbil, a base up in northern Iraq. And thank God we didn't lose any American lives, although there was a lot of injuries there. But it really did create deterrence uh, from Iran and so many of these bad actors.
6: I should point out, Abe is uh, running a very effective campaign for the United States Congress in Arizona. Good luck with that.
0: That's Army vet and Arizona congressional candidate Abe Hamaday on Newsmax. The other big story, as I mentioned in the open, is the Senate's $118 billion border funding and aid package released last night. House Speaker Mike Johnson said last night that the bill is even worse than expected. You can read more details on that at Newsmax.com. Meanwhile, Oklahoma Republican Senator James Lankford, one of the chief negotiators of the bipartisan bill, says he doesn't understand. What the confusion is.
7: I'm a little confused how it's worse than I expected when it builds border wall, expands deportation flights, expands ICE officers, border patrol officers, de- uh, detention beds, uh, how it creates a faster process for deportation.
0: Well, one of the many things in the bill that many Republicans don't like is the fact that it still allows for 5,000 immigrants a day to come into the country. And here's Senate leader Chuck Schumer, the top Democrat.
6: If Democrats were writing this bill, it wouldn't be exactly the same. But this is what compromise is all about. This is how we have to come together in a bipartisan way to get things done. And we have
0: Republican Senator James Lankford spoke with Rob Finity and Charlotte McBride on this morning's Wake Up America.
6: Senator, why is the threshold so high? Why is it 5,000? Why not 1,000? Or 2,000? Or 3,000? Or
7: 4,000? I'm actually working with a Democrat Senate and a Democrat White House. What I was looking for is an authority that's going to catch most every day. Uh, We've had only seven days in the last four months that were less than 5,000, which means this border would have been closed down all of the last four months in the way that it was actually built. Instead of having a million people in, we'd have had a million people actually deported.
6: Senator, to me, this border bill, again, it just came out last night. Chuck Schumer says there could be a vote by Wednesday. We're talking about, as Charlotte said, 370 pages. But it reads like a bill that you would write. And I guess I get that you're working with your colleagues across the aisle. But it reads like a bill that you would write in anticipation of a future border crisis, not the current calamity that we're dealing with. Breitbart said that the White House and Democrats used Alejandro Mayorkas as a sounding board for some of the language in this bill. And I'm just wondering how you can, in good conscience, put a bill forward and expect Republicans in the House to vote for this when Alejandro Mayorkas helped author portions of the bill.
7: Yeah, America's not writing this bill. We were writing the bill and trying to be able to negotiate this together on it. Obviously, we want to be able to stop the chaos at the border. We had the worst month ever in the history of the country in December. The response to that is changing how we handle asylum, uh, doing our, our Indian catch and release. Uh, doing a new system where we don't have this 10-year backlog. We quickly turn people around, building more wall, adding more detention beds, doubling the deportation flights. I mean, it is a dramatic shift, and people are focused on one or two areas and saying, I don't like that area, and they're ignoring all of the rest of it and literally saying, I'd rather do nothing. Now, I have had folks that have said the president has authority to do, and he's not doing it. That is 100 percent true. Biden is not using the authorities he currently has. But I would also remind folks, during the Trump administration, we also had days of more than 4,000 people that were illegally crossing the border under the Trump administration in 2019, and they were struggling because there's gaps and loopholes in the law.
6: Yeah, but Senator, you know, you know, Donald Trump, we were at a 45-year low in illegal crossings under Donald Trump, and and that's, that's just a fact. I, I've got the, the evidence to
7: fewer uh, a 45-year low under Donald Trump in 2019. We also had days of 3,000, 4,000, 4,500 that were happening. But nothing like period.
6: what we've seen right now. Okay, let me just
7: trying to figure out how to be able to implement it.
6: Okay, I'm sorry to talk over you, Senator. I think we might have a, a, a little bit of a delay.
0: That's Wake Up America co-host Rob Finnerty pushing Oklahoma Senator James Langford for answers on the Senate funding bill for the border, Ukraine, and others that likely won't go anywhere, at least in the current form. So now the mainstream left-wing media is all up in arms that Mike Johnson, you know, the House Speaker, is letting the Mexican drug cartels continue to bring fentanyl into the country. I told you last week they said the same thing about Donald Trump, but for two-plus years haven't said one single thing about fentanyl or the border, not a word about how the Biden border sucks and is destroying the country. And what's worse is that people who hear that believe it. By the way, President Biden won 96% of the vote in the South Carolina Democrat primary over the weekend. Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips, the only real challenger to the president, told MSNBC that Democrats need to wake up and move on from Biden. Phillips said 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, 40% don't even have $400 in the bank, while Biden continues to talk about GDP growth and job growth. People are frustrated, and they're seeing wars around the world. That's a quote from Democrat presidential candidate Dean Phillips. That's not me saying that. And add the border to that, though, and that pretty well sums it up. Meanwhile, here's President Biden at a get-out-to-vote rally in Nevada last night.
2: Trump and his MAGA friends are dividing us, not uniting us.
0: Dragging us back to the past, not leading us to the future. Trump and his MAGA friends. And here's one-time Trump friend, Nikki Haley, campaigning in her home state of South Carolina.
1: Trump lost in 18. He lost in 2020. He lost in 2022. How many times do we have to lose before we realize there's something wrong with that picture?
0: President Biden made his way back to the White House today and had nothing else on his calendar for the rest of the day, of course. And I'm not going to get into the details, but I was unexpectedly traveling over the weekend. And the amount of people that say they will vote for Biden simply because of how much they cannot stand Donald Trump is simply amazing. Nothing about policy, nothing about the economy, nothing about the border. It's just anyone but Trump. And it's not even really anyone but Trump. What it really is, is anyone but the Republican who happens to be Donald Trump. A very well-educated, wealthy attorney told me that he will no longer vacation in Florida until there's a new governor there because he can't stand DeSantis. I mean, this is what's going on out there in the world. Last Wednesday was the day the Federal Reserve wrapped up its first meeting of 2024 and held interest rates steady, but Fed Chairman Jerome Powell still had to come out and make comments about the future of interest rates, which drove the markets lower, if you heard the Newsmax Daily on that day. Well, he did the same thing on 60 Minutes yesterday, talked about how they're not going to lower interest rates in in March, which is what a lot of analysts were kind of expecting or hoping for, so Stocks started out the new week in the red this morning, and it's another big week of corporate earnings on Wall Street, starting with McDonald's, who reported lower than expected revenue this morning. McDonald's stock is getting fried so far today. Be sure to keep up with all of the news all day, every day on Newsmax, available on most major cable systems, and make sure you are getting Newsmax+. Plus. Simply go to NewsmaxPlus.com, sign up for your free trial. It includes all of your favorite shows and hosts and expert analysis, as well as documentaries, special programming, and a lot more. NewsmaxPlus.com. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to the Newsmax Daily. Enjoy the rest of your day and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.